I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast, the world's number one guitar-based podcast. Co- oh god, it's gone <laughs> wrong already! Oh dear, I'm joined by the wonderful Jay Cross. Hi Matt Knight, how are you today? And uh, I- I'm fine, this is it's already gone, we went nine seconds Jay, without yeah. making a mistake. So uh, um, as you may have gathered, mum and dad are out of town today, uh, it's just Beavis and Butthead here for the foreseeable future. Um, we, when you say when you say mum and dad, which which one's Mark and which one's Joe? Because one of them hasn't been here. One of them went out for cigarettes a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not been back. <laughs> yeah, so m- m- Mark disappeared off. To, he said he was just going to go and buy some toilet roll. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen him in ages. And um, Joe just called in sick today. So I don't know. You and me are just going to bungle our way through a podcast. I mean, it's, it's already gone wrong. It's funny because we always uh, poke fun at Joe for having a literal script at which he reads the intro and the outro. Oh, we haven't even thought about the outro. What are we going to do with the outro? We'll wing it. I mean, okay, I said podcast at the beginning, yeah. so you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, we always we always make fun of Joe for having a, a script, but at least he doesn't say the word "codpast." So, yeah. so but yes, any, I guess anyone tuning in for the first time, this is the world's number one guitar-based podcast. And uh, I don't think he says "based." I think he just says "guitar podcast." Oh God, <laughs> it's all gone wrong. Jay, come on, get, it's just swing some topics at us. Oh, hey, well, how you doing? How you doing? Well, uh, I'm, all, I'm all right. How's your week been? Uh, well, if, for anyone, I guess, based in the UK, it was ridiculously hot, which uh, people in the UK just don't deal with well at well, all. Well, I mean, we're just, we're just not set up for it. Like, I've got uh, colleagues who are in Scottsdale, Arizona, and when I was telling them, oh, yeah, man, it hit like 30 degrees here, which is the equivalent of 85 or whatever in America, they were like... Oh yeah, well, I had to wake up at seven o'clock this morning so I could leave my house because otherwise it was going to get to a hundred, which is like forty or something. I think is it. I'm sure I saw a, a crazy, not like one of those like how it's made type doc, documentaries, and they were talking about some arena, some like sports uh, stadium in Arizona where it's open topped, but they still air condition it because it gets so hot that basically people can't sit in it. So they have to. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, I mean, Arizona is the literal desert. You know, it's 
how anybody does anything there, I've got no, I've got no, I, I don't understand. It's so yeah. hot. It's so hot. But I mean, it, so it wasn't quite that hot here, but it has been roasting in terms of, uh, you know, by UK standards. Mm. And then, and, uh, then the weekend came and it rained in London. It rained all weekend. Um, and then uh, Sunday, I got food poisoning. So you know, a really good week of hot weather. Sat at home, having to work. And then you can let get let outside in the rain and get sick. So it's a good week. <laughs> if- Oh, well, we were promised a thunderstorm yesterday, which would have brought a little bit of uh, light relief to the weather, but the thunderstorm just didn't happen here. And instead what happened was, so I'm still, I think I mentioned last week, I'm I just, I'm moving house. I've moved house. I bought a house. And uh, I'm still in the process of moving. Like So I don't understand where all this stuff comes from, right? I've lived in my previous house for four years. And I, when I moved there, we moved from a one-bed flat uh Maddie, my girlfriend, only moved to the country uh, like a year before we moved into this new place, th- this previous place. I just, I don't know where all this stuff has come from. It's just mad. But um, so I'm still moving a load of stuff and I got caught in the biggest part of the downfall. Uh, it was just a total, total nightmare. But what I did do, which was very exciting, was, um, I mean, I thought it was exciting. I bought a ladder, Right. Oh, so the real world adult purchases now, Jay. Completely, completely. So I went, I went to Screwfix and I spent a hundred quid on a ladder uh, because I, I thought, well, you know, this one's yellow. Why would I not go and spend a hundred quid on a ladder? So I bought that and spent the spend the weekend in the loft. And uh, I have been thinking about whether I can uh, Dolby Atmos my living room to have some like proper surround sound. Um, so good. I think this the. Uh... Dolby Atmos could be the uh, the future, I think. Yeah. So so many bands are getting stuff mastered in. Oh really? Atmos now, yeah. So actually, a friend of mine, um, who I've been meaning to get on the podcast for ages, a guy called Toby, who was one mm. of my teachers at BIM, um, amazing musician and sort of producer programmer. He's done loads of uh, movie musicals, loads of stuff. But he's been working out of. Uh, Giles Martin's studio, so Giles Martin, the son of um, George Martin, the Beatles producer, mm. who's just had, I think, the world's largest Dolby Atmos mixing studio built in his house. I, actually, I remember you saying about this. I can't remember whether we talked about it on the podcast or yeah. whether it was just one of our late night phone calls. But um, yeah, that's amazing. So um, you've got to think that probably, I, I mean, I have no idea how much it costs to have stuff mastered for, for Dolby Atmos, but presumably it's not cheap. So I, I, would, I would expect that this has been done by like the Beatles and the Metallica back catalogue and, and uh, yeah, people like I, that, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like, you know, your EP from 2000, <laughs> 2011 is going to... Whoa, 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 whoa. I will have no bad words said about the Little E 7-inch that came out uh, in, in 2011. I, I've actually still got about... I found about 100 copies when I was moving, so if you want one, you're welcome to one. Is that... Oh, no, I've got one. I've got the one. Oh, okay. Sh- you were the one. You were, that's <laughs> one. Sorry. I've got 99 copies is actually what I've got. And, yeah. I, uh, I've got the Shark one, which was your split 7-inch with... Uh, oh, that was that was the other band. That was Break the Habit. That was the yeah. previous band. Oh, so. yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, but that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I'd be super interested to hear what Toby's got to say about that because uh, I, I bet that is just kind of like mastering and mixing to a completely new level because it's, I mean, it's true surround sound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Dolby website, Atmos website is filled with lots of fancy visuals of like colours moving around spheres. 
And uh, I'm like, oh, this looks very exciting. I don't really know what any of it is, but uh, it all looks, uh, yeah, it all looks really cool. I mean, I think they're talking about putting it in, into cars. Um, you know, I, I guess with all of this technology, it has to be adopted once it gets started adopted by like car manufacturers or like mm. people that are going to put it in like home wear is where it then really takes off and then it becomes cheaper and cheaper and obviously more accessible um kind of like when i bought my first dvd player and it cost like 150 quid and then it's like mad. you can buy a dvd player on on amazon for 9.99 mate well i mean i so uh maybe like three years ago um i put on a screening of a movie i put on a screening of uh the um a documentary about fat wreck about fat records um the punk record label uh run by fat mike from knife x and um I that was being I got sent uh, an advanced copy of the documentary on Blu-ray, and I was like, oh no, I couldn't for some reason I couldn't play it on my PlayStation, so I had to go and like buy. I was like, well, I need to get a Blu-ray player, and I just put on Facebook, oh, does anyone have a Blu-ray player I can I can borrow for a couple of days? And I was inundated with requests from people looking to help me get these Blu-ray players out of their houses because they were desperate not to own them anymore. And I used one for literally two days. And again, I just, I moved it here. I moved it here because of course I've still not been able to get rid of it. And I don't want to just want to chuck it on landfill. So Blu-ray players, DVD players, they're just not worth anything anymore. It's just so weird. Yeah. And when we get to like series 50 of uh, the Guitar Nerds podcast, and we'd be like, yeah, Atmos players, can't get rid of them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, I can't believe I drilled all these holes in my roof. I mean, I, I don't really understand how it all works, but obviously you can have stereo amps. What if in the future there was Atmos pedals? Yeah, like, well, I mean, in all seriousness, I, 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 you've got to expect that's where it, this sort of stuff will go. I mean, at the moment, we are limited by the by the amps, but if you've got... People doing stuff with Helix and doing stuff with, um, with uh, you know, Kempers going into PA speakers. There's no reason why you couldn't set stuff up to yeah, go I, go in more directions than just stereo. Yeah, I, I guess um, you know, way back, way back in the day, um, you know, Pink Floyd had their quadraphonic sound system so that was like yeah. several speakers that was controlled with a joystick so the sound guy could like send sounds you know tape recordings of like a plane or whatever through loads of speakers so you can hear it move around a stadium and i guess that's the the yeah a kind of similar i mean thing. I, so be yeah ostensibly i assume that's the same thing mm. yeah and and i think i this, this kind of made me think about um the yamaha thr's because they have two yeah. speakers and they have that kind of crazy stereo sound. If you remember, like some of the stereo sounds in there really sounded so much more massive than the actual amp. Was right. it that? Was it that? Was no, it? I think you're no, thinking I'm about think, the, the Blackstar ID right. cores. I'm thinking about those, the Blackstar, yeah. That's yeah, those right. Blackstar ID cores were, were just mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing when, when I first heard those. It had that like little magic button, didn't it? The sort yeah. of like... You just sort of, why, you know, we were always like, why, why would you put it on a button? Should we just leave it on all the time? And they're like, basically, the only reason it's on a button is so we can turn it off. So people well, can see what difference it makes. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, funny enough, the um, I was trying and you know, playing acoustic amps isn't something that I uh, want to make 
I don't want to get a reputation for doing this. Okay, so take this as a, with a pinch of salt. But <laughs> I was trying one of the um, Fender uh, SFX acoustic amps. I don't know if you remember those, <clears throat> but there was a there was a, a new range brought out fairly recently, and I was trying one of the new SFX twos. And uh, a, there's a side firing speaker, and that's what basically gives you this kind of SFX, uh, like wide range stereo field sound. And it's just absolutely mad. It's, it's as soon as you put on a delay or a reverb and turn the volume up on the, uh, the side firing speaker, the, the whole room just like, just like envelops you in, in, in this like mad sound that you can't get from just a couple of forward-facing speakers. Ah, weird. Um, I do remember these. I had no idea that it had it had that. Um, yeah, because it it looks like there's some sort of correct me if I'm wrong here, Jay, but some sort of back panel. Like cl- the cloth on the back is similar to what's on the front as well. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a side fire. It's it's a sideways firing speaker. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I- yeah, yeah. Uh, but exactly the same. Exa- I had exactly the same thought. I was like, why would why would you not want this on all the time? It sounds so good. And I guess partly it's, well, this way you can hear what it's doing like, to a degree. You know, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, yeah. Yeah, you kind of have to be able to, to show it off. But uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. So, Jay, we should probably, we, we won't dive into news, but we do have some topics. We have thought about this podcast a little we, bit. We have, yeah, yeah. We, we As much as I, in particular me, uh, like to make Joe's life difficult by uh, messing up the schedule as much as possible, when I am part of the uh, responsible party in making sure that this podcast doesn't blow up, uh, we do try and follow the, the rules. And yeah, first of all, before we jump into the kind of non-news stuff, I did just want to uh, make a, a quick call out and joe is going to absolutely hate this um so andrew bimson on the uh uh, guitar nerds facebook page has done something that i've been considering doing for a little while and have never got around to doing but he has started a uh uh fantasy premier league group for guitar nerds uh listeners and also me because i'm not a listener just someone who's involved um and uh if you are one of the four or five people in the world who like guitar pedals and also like fantasy premier league make sure that you join on to that because it will be very fun to be beaten by me uh i'm not sure what the code is but if you go onto the facebook group i'm sure you will find it and uh yeah i don't know maybe maybe i'll try and convince joe to give the winner a prize? I think we'll do that. We'll 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 try and figure out a prize for the winner, whether it's a pedal or a one football, uh, Why don't one we... football or a couple of uh, clippings from Joe's glorious moustache. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure um, something out. We've we've spoken about it before, but who was the brand? I think it was Aria. Now I'm thinking of it. The, the, the <laughs> yeah, World it Cup that did yeah. the World Cup guitar. Yeah, it was. It was um, Aria. Yeah. We should just buy one of those. You win one of those. I don't know if that's more of like a booby prize than a. I, I, you know, price. I bet, I bet they're really expensive now. I bet that is <laughs> the sort of thing that goes for like five hundred quid when they were a eighty pound guitar um, back in the day. So yes, that's the first thing. The second thing that uh, I want to talk about, which is actually very cool, um, is uh, single cut beer smiths. So uh, this is a brewery who um, I hadn't heard of. Uh, they are a New York based brewery and they have just released a uh in honor of joe it's good to mix guitars and booze and uh yeah single cup beer smiths have just launched a line of craft ipas all based around 
teaching you how to play guitar. So um, they are called the Notes series, and uh, you can get uh, one that shows you how to play the chord of C, one that shows you how to play the chord of E minor, one that shows G, and one that shows D, which I'm fairly sure is all the chords, actually. I, I think I that's f- more than all the chords. Oh, Some yeah. I haven't even heard of. <laughs> Um, but with them, you also get a uh, a plectrum, which is uh, kind of the ring pull of um, opening the uh, opening the beer. And yeah, it looks really, really cool. Uh, they are available in can form, and it looks like you can get them on draft if you're close to one of the single cup beer smiths um, tap rooms. Nice. But they are both in New York. And uh, we're not allowed to fly anywhere, so um, we're not close to them. But if you are... Please take a photo and let us know because um, I like nothing more than a strong novelty IPA. I, I just, you know, th- they look like they've got some, I'm guessing we, we should probably, maybe we should reach out to them and just see. But if you look at some of the the beer names, um, 18 Watt IPA, you know, so maybe yeah, he's a okay. fan of Base Breaker. More Cowbell Chocolate Milk Stout. Oh, yes. that I'm into that. That's great. Uh, frequency Lager. i tell you what the frequency of lager in this house is pretty high (laughs) um but they also do a hibiscus sour which sounds quite nice i'm I'm into a sour sounds that Um, sounds i'd say that sounds a little bit too uh refined for my taste but when when you yeah I, i like the idea of the ring pull being the pick yeah it's really smart it's really smart and it looks good actually it looks like a cool pick uh, yeah, it's, I've I've stayed in a couple of hotels right on on my travels that have had like uh, they're more like modern like boutique hotels I guess that have like uh-huh. in the lobby they've had like guitars and amps on the wall and I did stay somewhere where was it it was I think it was in Hamburg where you could rent a guitar and a Marshall amp for your room oh yeah that's cool <laughs> which I was like actually. That is pretty cool, especially since you remember when we were at GAC, the amount of people that used to come in being like, oh, I'm just oh, I'm on the road all the time. And like, yeah. I just need a guitar and an amp that I can put in the back of my car. Or I think I sold. Uh, I'm sure it might. In fact, it might have been you, Jay, that like sold something to a pilot once. He's like, just need a guitar that I can like have in the, the cockpit, you know, just so like when I'm traveling and when <laughs> I don't I- think it, I don't think it was in the cockpit. I don't think it was actually <laughs> Hook, but, hooking, you know, it up to the, uh, hooking it up to the Tannoy system. I mean, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like when I land in the country and I've got a little guitar to play. Um, yeah, completely. And uh, the, the people for people traveling and stuff, well, obviously that hasn't happened much recently, but uh, with, with everything starting to open up slowly, um, you would expect that stuff to start kicking off again. And I think it's cool that hotels are doing that sort of thing rather than just um, relying on the, the cheapest price, getting people into their, into their hotel by offering them a service. And if that service is a cool guitar and an amp, um, I wonder if the rooms either side of those get any sort of discount because I can imagine that being a bit yeah. of a nightmare. I can also imagine, I, I think I was just thinking about the beer thing and like bars offering music. I can imagine um, how annoying it would be if you had like a guitar on the wall and everyone's like, can I just play that? Like plug it in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I- it's got to be, you, 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 they can't be giving you anything more than an MG10, right? You're not going to be able to get like a, a Jubilee full stack. 
Yeah, Marshall Major, 200 watt. Yeah, only go, <laughs> it's stuck on 10, so just like be really careful. Is that um, where that mode four that we couldn't shift at Gatwin? Yeah, just yeah, exactly. Like hotel. Oh, yeah, what are you using it for? I've got a hotel um, <laughs> and really think you should be able to rent a, a full Marshall mode four. You know, he got a steal, 999, call the cops. <laughs> So anyway, uh, another thing that caught my eye this week, which I thought was really cool, and I don't know if you saw about this, Matt, uh, but um, a um, Californian-based guitar player, uh, Nate Masuro, I think his name is, Mercuro, I'm not sure, I apologise, for butchering his name, um, has uh, just released released a... um, a song on YouTube, which is a uh, clip of him playing along with the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, so apparently something that is well known to San Franciscoans, San Franciscans, is uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, when it is windy, uh, is really loud. And uh, when the winds get really high, um, it can it can really start to let off some um some pretty high-pitched and ethereal sounds uh so um this guitar player has taken his guitar and his board and i assume some sort of uh amp which is not visible uh up to uh a iconic uh place where you can look at the uh golden gate bridge and he's playing some like ambient sounds along with the um kind of organic ethereal um background that the golden gate bridge is supplying him i love Uh, it it sounds amazing it sounds genuinely really really cool uh there's uh, if if you're into whooshing and you're into twirling and you're into uh sounds of the apocalypse i would highly recommend i uh i'm just looking at the press release and it's like he's an accomplished musician who's worked with jay-z and John Legend. Imagine him going to an interview for a new... And he's like, yeah, who have you played with? And he's like, oh, I've played with Jay-Z, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, we, yeah. we really, like, <laughs> we, we, you know, we really connected, you know. And uh, Who's the biggest artist that you've played with? Well, well, what, in terms of record sales or, like, you know, literally the biggest? You know, li- you know, I played with a bridge so large that they have to keep painting it all year round because they can never <laughs> finish it. Um, that's cool. I like that. You know, I like people turning nature into into music um yeah i mean any kind of big sound installation uh type uh exhibitions i'm i'm super into that's that's absolutely what what i um actually on this uh jay i just suddenly remembered amy my partner amy who works in flower shows had a fantastic idea um and i was like i wonder if anyone listening to the podcast wants to team up on this i think this is quite cool uh we were commenting on like really long grass in big meadows that when the wind moves obviously it sways right mm-hmm. and she was like wouldn't it be good if you could like time that to music or you had a classical musician like playing like a violin and like moving and swooping their notes like the wind on a on a yeah. field and i was like what if you could put light sensitive triggers nice in I mean- the grass and then that triggered different notes as the wind went and triggered over these like light sensitive notes you could like trigger different music i was like Maybe there's something in this. Some yeah, sort of definitely. Ambient, that sounds wicked. Ambient grass performance. Um, yeah. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> that sounds yeah, like coming to a coming to a uh, high profile flower show near you. Yeah. Um, I mean, do, have you seen that uh that the installation where someone did something like that but with um like open tuned electric guitars and birds. Yes. And the these birds are just sort of flying. I mean, it's not very vegan friendly to be honest with you, but these birds are sort of flying around this enclosed space with a bunch of electric guitars uh all yeah, tuned to tuned to open notes and uh it's amazing. It's really really cool. Really really uh, really um interesting way of seeing how Music and nature can interact within yeah. a confined space in a uh, abandoned factory somewhere. Yeah, probably. And actually, talking of ambient music, I spent uh, a little bit of this weekend uh, listening to our favourite musician, Jay, Mister Mister yeah. Bri- Mister Brian Eno. Yes. Um, listening to uh, Apollo, you know, um, it was the full name Apollo Atmospheres and something i want to say uh, uh yeah sure and uh this was the album that he recorded for the documentary that was around the moon landing mm-hmm. and it is truly truly a masterpiece um of musicality i think and actually some great guitar parts on there so his i think he recorded it with his brother and his brother's a lap steel player and a bit of a guitarist as well mm-hmm. and um I believe that Brian Eno is cited as the inventor of like shimmer reverb, which is something you can hear like all over that record. And I just, oh, right. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was one of the first people to basically like invent that sound. Huh. And um, that, you know, that record, I think is just, there's so many people doing some great ambient guitar stuff on the internet at the moment. And you go back and listen to that, someone who has been doing it basically their entire career. And it's just, it's just such a wonderful record. Yeah, it, it really is. And <clears throat> so the uh, documentary that it was um, it was made to uh, to go along with is this, this film called For All Mankind, um, which came out in the it came out later than the record. I, I can't really remember the chronology the cr- chronology of it, but I watched a uh, I went to the Brighton Dome. 
don't know, three or four years ago. And uh, there was a performance of, uh, they were showing the movie and they had a live orchestra who were playing the record along with it. And when uh, they played An Ending Ascent, which is um, the one of my favourite songs, favourite ever pieces of music. Yeah. Um, I, I think for anyone listening who wouldn't know what we were talking about it's appeared on it was a really famous piece of music in 28 days later train yeah, it's spotting. In train spotting yeah, yeah. It's, it's been on adverts and stuff you definitely recognize this song and uh yeah when they played that and uh it's it's the bit where the uh kind of i think it's like the earth is just coming to view from behind the moon or something and it was like I, I like almost cried. It was just unbelievable when they played that. Mm. So it's, uh, but yeah, so because you, you got it on like some sort of was it like a record day, record store day deluxe no, edition? No, I or think um, more recently they've been remastering a lot of his records. Mm-hmm. At I think there's a lot of half speed masters, right? Um, at Abbey well, Road. I mean, so but also so many of those records were just were just so difficult to get, so difficult to get. I mean, um, music for airports, which is my favorite record of all time, like hands down. Um, I could, I, I ended up paying, I, I found a copy of that in a record shop in America when I was visiting Maddie before she moved here once. And I had to pay like $80 or something. It's the most money I've ever spent on a record. Mm. And uh, because, because it's just, they weren't, you couldn't buy them anywhere. They were, they were just out of print everywhere. So it's good that they're remastering and re-releasing them. Mm. You know, it's great that this yeah. stuff's available to people. Actually, um, just looking into it, this was released as the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. So it was yeah. the remastered original plus 11 new instrumental compositions by gotcha. Brian Eno, Roger Eno and Daniel Lanoy, who uh, was also part of the... Um, who I think was part of the original filmmaking. Moon landing. Oh, uh, yeah, the moon. Yeah, uh, Buzz Aldrin. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, also I think probably Brian Eno's biggest selling record. I think it sold like four million copies. Really? Um, right. I I wouldn't have guessed. Or so, or I guess something that makes like sense. That, yeah. Or something like that. Um, but yeah, it, you would definitely know some of the tracks on that record. And I, I kind of um, got into listening to it this weekend because... Um, as, as a beautiful segue into our, our last topic. Oh, um, you're so good at this. Um, King Crimson are on tour. King Crimson featuring the lovely Robert Fripp, uh, who more recently has been playing with his wife, um, doing some crazy covers in their kitchen, which I think is just bonkers. Um, but it's yeah, getting... I mean, Toy is amazing. She's yeah. so funny. And um, yeah, the King Crimson are, are out on tour, which is amazing. One, amazing to see some live music out there. Um, but also just really cool to see a little bit of like their rig. I mean, they're on tour with the Frank Zappa band, which is also ridiculous. I mean, what a ridiculous night of, uh, music all in. Um, but yeah. So who's, who's, who's involved in that? In the Frank Zappa band, it yeah. is... Is it Dweezil? No. Because he, there's something going on yes. there still that we don't really understand, no, right? The Frank Zappa Band yeah, is yeah. another group of musicians who are playing along, who are doing Frank Zappa's music along to, if I remember rightly, video footage of Frank Zappa or something That's similar. That's cool. I like um, that. That's cool. Is it like when, um, is it like a hologram? Is it, they, is th- it, this one is it just, isn't did, specifically, I don't think, but they did do that. Right. Okay. Um, they, the Frank Zappa band were playing, um, yeah, basically to a hologram of Frank Zappa, which some people agree with, some people don't. Um, I mean, I really loved seeing um, 
Zappa Play Zappa, which was the Dweezil thing, um, because it had its own element of like freedom. I think when you're playing to like a hologram or whatever, there's obviously a certain level of like everything's got to be tied in specifically to. Yeah, totally, a, totally. A you're you're gonna have a little bit less kind of room to yeah. improvise and uh, make the show your own or whatever. But um, even as someone who's listened to a a decent chunk of King Crimson, but I wouldn't class myself as a super fan. I definitely want to see it, mainly because, I don't know if you know this, Jake, they have three drummers. Uh, three drummers? Wow. Three drummers. Um, and then you've obviously got the legend Tony Levin on bass, um, who, as I was saying just before this podcast recorded, he has got one of the oldest blogs on the internet. He's been writing... Yeah, a- this is mad. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, he's been writing a blog about his touring since 1997 um and taking pictures well, is as well he, is, is he so he's it's like so he's live blo- you know relatively live blogging so he started when he was writing a blog about a tour that they did in 1997 yeah i think it's not like he's gone back to the beginning and he started in no i don't know whenever king crimson started 1965 or whatever no he's been um yeah he's been writing this blog since 1997 about the gigs that they played um but it's been cool because uh, robert fripp's been posting a few amazing pictures of like his dressing room which is called the zone of silence um which i just think is like one of the most Robert Fripp things ever. Um, he so he actually I think is is has been really inspiring because he was doing uh, he was putting out a, like basically a song a week on uh, on Spotify and I guess you could download it from their website the music for quiet moments mm-hmm. series which was amazing and they, all through lockdown he basically was just sort of keeping himself busy by. Uh, yeah, just recording a bit of ambient instrumental music. Um, I think he, I think he did a song a week for a year, and some. I mean, I haven't listened to all of them because it's you know sometimes I want to listen to some heavy metal, man. You know, but um, there's some great stuff on there. Really, really cool. And it's it's Robert Fripp. He's one of the kind of forefathers of well uh, ambient music and the fact that he's still still rocking and rolling with it it's really cool i mean you know frippatronics um yeah what a great record and you know his kind of look into like tape looping and stuff like that is revolutionary to what people people do now really well completely yeah i mean sorry when i say what a great record obviously i'm talking about um no pussyfoot in the record that yes which was one of did with with eno yeah um and obviously, you know, he has played on some mega records. Obviously, Heroes, David Bowie is probably the one. Yeah. I, I think the story goes with that. If I remember watching, I remember this documentary right, that they didn't really know what he wanted, what they wanted him to do. But Brian Eno was like, oh, you should come and like play on the session. So I think they turned, he was in the control room. They turned the amp up so loud and then the speakers in the control room that it fed back and then he just played over the feedback and that's where the feedback comes for on that guitar melody on heroes by david bowie is him playing to the feedback of the studio monitors where they just turned everything up super loud which is just like yeah i can just imagine eno and just in the studio being like yeah we're gonna try this david bowie going cool man (laughs) sounds good (laughs) um but I, I guess in a, in another super segue, um, talking of Frippatronics and looping, I guess that brings us on to some news for this week. Um, so Ooh, that was good. You you did leave a pause there in case he wants to 
I don't know what he does now. Does he do anything for news? He doesn't. He doesn't. I, I was gonna. I was gonna go news, and then I thought question duck, and I was like, that's not the same thing. No, you you, you should do the news thing. Do the news thing. News. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, flashback. Flashback. Um. So in not flashback. Infinity Looper. Infinity Looper. Oh, what a, what a, what a, another great segue. Yes, Pinktronics in unveils the Infinity Three. Um, so this is this is one of your like all time favorite pedals, right? Yeah, I, I love the, the Infinity, the Looper. Infinity series Looper. Yeah, so I love the Infinity, uh, and I had had one for absolutely ages, and I bought one solely off the demo, which demoed a Frippertronics style looping idea which is where you've got two loops that run in parallel but they can be totally unsynced from one another so most loopers you'll have one loop and then you'll have a second loop and there'll be two parts and one is dictated by the length of the the other one for example uh-huh. uh and then the infinity looper was one of the first loopers that said maybe you don't want to do that maybe one mm. loop is in four four but one loop is in seven 12 and then uh yeah you you could do that and i and i loved building upon that that idea and then being able to mix between between the two of them and then more recently they've brought out the kind of infinity 2 which is the the mini one um but kept the big infinity until now so yeah the infinity 3 which is their new uh, they you know they say the world's most l- musical looping pedal simple to operate yet tremendously powerful uh so you've actually got three latency free uh, or they say, sorry, Infinity 3 guarantees latency-free looping. So you've got two stereo loops with all the fun features that you could want. So half speed, double time, um, you know, kind of, I guess, an evolution of that Line 6 DL4 thing that people know and love for kind of ambient looping and little snippets of things. Um, but yeah, you can have three hours of recording time up to 50 loop pairs um, so you can wow. do some pretty mad stuff. Loads of MIDI controls. So obviously, you can hook up to a MIDI um, controller, and every parameter can then be mapped to an extra button. So again, makes it really musical, makes it really creative, especially if you are doing that kind of Robert Fripp or ambient looping style thing. Um, you know, it's all well, well and good doing a twelve-bar blues, but why wouldn't you want to do a twelve-minute ambient jam? I tell you, it looks. Incredible. It does. The, when you, if you compare if you compare the look of this to the original one, the original one looked really confusing, and now looking back at it, it looks like actually quite pony. The 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 design of it always just like what is going on. Yeah. Whereas the the new one is it's just like clean is uh, kind of minimalist, which is really what I think a lot of people who are going to be using this pedal are going to be trying to achieve, that kind of like um, minimalist type uh, like sound design. Um, it's really cool. We, I, I mean, it looks great, the, it, but more importantly, it looks a lot more simple to use than the original Infinity Looper did. Yeah, I think um, the fact that there's just, you know, loop one, loop two, and it's that kind of record play overdub, you know, which I think yeah. most people are used to now with, with yeah, a looper. Definitely. If they've used a looper before, you're going to be able to plug this one in and use it. Um, I do like they've implemented a similar feature that there was on the original, which is their variable sample rate um, that can be incremented or, or decreased over two 
uh, octaves in semitones. So if you want to re-pitch your loop, for example, you can do that. And that was a great feature that was in the DL4. So you could half speed a loop, play over the top, mm-hmm. and then put it back to normal speed. And you get that kind of twinkly double speed effect. Or, you know, you could record something in normal speed and then shift it down an octave and it was like you know, like a bass. Um, you can yeah. do the same thing, but you can do it over varying semitones. So you can kind of, uh, you know, pitch stuff down and get like weird intervals and stuff like that. It's very cool. But yeah, I, I think as they say, just a really musical <laughs> looper, you know, no real menus to dive into. Um, it, it's kind of like, here's two buttons and a stop button. And then, you know. So have you got, you've got, have you, you've got control over the speed of the loops after you've recorded them. Yes. Right? Or well, oh, is it actually, just too- no, you can, if I remember rightly, and whether you can do on this one, you can record at a lower speed. So you could record uh-huh. at half speed. And then when you play it back, you can then instantly shift it up an octave rather than recording at normal speed and then shifting it up an octave, I guess. Not that that would make any but difference. But shifting it up an octave isn't going to change the speed. No, no. Well, a, a double time shifting it double the speed makes it up oh, one octave okay. and half in speed is down one octave. Yeah, okay. Um okay. so yeah, you have control I guess mainly after you've recorded something you're going to yeah, shift and change the speed. Um you've also got control over direction so uh reverse or forwards. Um I think that's they're the kind of main features. I guess you can do a lot more over um you can do a lot more over MIDI, but just on the face of it, I think that's all we've got. And then you've got two two loop volumes, basically. Yeah. Um, but very, very cool. It's for, I think they're saying $419. Um, so it puts it in the in the kind of upper price range of some other loopers, but very but functional. They were, they, but they were 10 years ago as well. The, the original Pigtronics yep. looper was... I mean, that was 300 quid. It must have been. Yeah, I think it was, which was very expensive, like (laughs) 10 years ago. Um, And yeah, they also do the universal remote, which I think can plug into this and then give you three more options over, um, you know, over over the uh, looper. So I think probably you can set what you want to control with that. But yeah, very, very cool. The Infinity 3 Hi-Fi Stereo Double Looper. Um, and I guess talking about uh, kind of weird and expensive time-based pedals, you were also looking at you were also looking at this this new um, Sur analog delay pedal, which looks like uh, someone has cut out a bit of the DeLorean. So I hope Doc Brown is not stuck here in 2021 because bloody hell, what a uh, dreadful period of time to have yeah, got stuck ma- in. Imagine that. He's gone back to the past and said, Marty, we definitely don't want to go to the future. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's just ride out our lives in 1984. Um, you know, 20, 2021. What, what year do they go to? They, is it 2021 they go to? There's that year, There's that meme that passed around every year. They were like, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, this is the year. Like, I, I feel like every year for the last 20 years, I've been told, oh, this is the year that they came to in in Back to the Future. Um, but anyway, anyway, so yes, Sir have released a a very, very top-end priced analog delay uh, called the Discovery. Um, so this is a fully analog delay that uses 
reissued versions of the renowned MN3005 Bucket Brigade Delay Chip. So that's the the one that's kind of made famous in things like the Electroharmonics Deluxe Memory Man and also more recently in things like the Chase Bliss Therme um, or the, not the Mood, their Tonal Recall. So this is yeah. kind of their take on the super high-end, super flexible analog delay with digital control, basically. You know, this is the future, um, if you will, in terms of taking analog delay to the next level. So you've got delay times of 40 milliseconds to 1.1 second all analog delay time. Um, but you can go slightly beyond that with division buttons as well if you want to subdivide your delay times. Uh, high quality, they're saying high quality studio tone with a little display, instant tap tempo and then you've also got things like modulation speed modulation waveforms um midi in and out kind of all the things you would expect um you know from today's um kind of modern digital delay basically their take i I, you know i hate to kind of box it in this way but their take on what chase bliss have done with something like the tonal recall (laughs) you know taking that analog delay circuit and going what would you like to be able to control digitally uh in an analog realm so that's why you've got midi that's why you've got tap tempo that's why you've got subdivisions um obviously you've still got to tune the delay you've still got to make it your own you can't just put a delay chip in a circuit and go well it's an analog delay now um but yeah very very cool the only thing that is actually i guess it's not that scary now but the price is is up there it's expensive it is very expensive um i i guess probably uh, i'm just gonna have it i'm gonna confirm this chase bliss therme is 499 and that's their delay and pitch shifter and the mm-hmm. mood is 429 mm-hmm. 449 so yeah it's it's the most expensive analog delay on the market yeah so this is at 549 mm. it, it i mean it certainly puts it up there doesn't it i I'd mean say, it does um, look amazing um yeah there's something there's something about it that just looks Cool as hell, I think. Um, Designed by Kevin Sir, um, who is the son of John Sir. um, And he's their kind of engineer, does a lot of the amp stuff and also a lot of the pedals and things. But yeah, very, very cool. I I like this. You know, there's a a warmth and a character to analog delay that, yes, you can get some digital delays and you get some modelers and most people can't tell the difference. But there is a musicality to an analog delay sometimes. Um, and it's just nice. It's just nice to have that. And you know, some people go. Actually, I do just want an analog delay. I don't want a digital emulation. I want an actual analog delay, and that's what you've got right here. Um, yeah, and I guess um, another thing is on a kind of more budget-friendly option. Uh, this really does seem to be kind of the the week of the time-based effects. But Seymour uh, Duncan have released a new version of the Vapor Trail, which is a pedal that we have played in the past and we have uh we've really liked <clears throat> excuse me and this is the uh vapor trail deluxe which seems to have quite a lot more going on in comparison to the original vapor trail so the original vapor trail if you remember was a just kind of pretty simple analog delay just uh you had your three main controls so um repeats delay and mix and then a couple of uh mini controls for the modulation that you were giving your delay trail. So really cool. We This came out, oh, I can't remember, this must be 2014 <clears throat> or so. 
and uh, we really, really liked it when it came out. And uh, they are going to be kind of pushing it a little bit further with the Vapor Trail Deluxe. So um, this is based on the same uh, kind of bucket grade chip. So you know what you're getting with that. Sounds really, really nice. But you've got a bit of... Um, uh, digital control to go along with the analog sound. So kind of the same deal as what you were you were getting, uh, you know, similar sort of methodology behind the Sur Discovery. So with the Vapor Trail Deluxe, you've got four presets that you can use um, and you've just got a couple of extra con uh, extra controls. Mainly the, the main one there is the uh, the kind of the the mode which just allows you to change the subdivisions of the um, of the pedal I think is yeah what it is and and uh, yeah this actually just having a, a look at this this actually came out mate this must have come out pre nam and I guess we just totally missed it yeah I th well pre winter nam or pre no summer, no pre summer nam this this uh, looking at look I'm just looking at this page here it looks like it came out about a month ago and I just totally missed it well also um, <laughs> I I I don't know what it is maybe there's something in the water but um, there was also uh, around three weeks ago crazy tube circuits out of Greece if I remember rightly also released the time or ti colon me which is their analog uh delay pedal with high quality op amp um <laughs> i guess i you know and and working for a brand that makes pedals i certainly know the heart sinking feeling of working hard on a particular type of product and then someone's like we've also made that exact same product <laughs> it's sort of like um there's that that Spider-Man meme where there's all those spider all those Spider-Men um, just pointing, just at, pointing each at each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to I had to explain what uh, what a me what that was to my dad uh, a couple of weeks what ago. What a meme or that was, particular one? A, a meme. I was back at home and my dad said to me, "What is a meme?" And I felt like what I assume my dad felt like when, as you know, a four-year-old child or something i said where do babies come from <laughs> uh like trying to explain <laughs> what a meme was just felt like the most alien concept in the world i, I didn't really know where to cover it so i just showed him a picture of that spider-man <laughs> that is a good one and <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind i was like this is this is what this is kind of the equivalent of uh a, the pot calling the kettle black but it's like three people doing it does that make sense and he was like uh why is that a meme? And I couldn't really answer. Um, so I just sort of changed the subject, which, as I say, I assume is exactly what happened when I asked what where the babies come from. So, yeah. you know, all of this has happened before yeah. and all of this At least he again. said meme and not meme. That would have been that. Meme. <laughs> uh, although, bizarrely enough, I, I just thought I'd quickly Google it on a, on a side note here for a bit of a bit of a factoid the word meme originated from the richard dawkins 1976 book the selfish gene yeah actually i did see that i did see that it was uh <laughs> that it came from richard dawkins someone, which is just so mad and someone has written a far too long article on wikipedia about what a meme is i just put that spider-man picture up and go this is a just meme. just delete just look just log into wikipedia just delete it all and just put that picture of spider-man pointing at spider-man that's all you need <laughs> um but yeah, so I've actually, what's quite cool, just bringing it back around to the lay pedals in this crazy tube circuit's time. Um, each time unit is hand lacquered in copper colour and is one of a kind, which I think is quite cool. But again, you know, Very all nice. analogue, tap tempo, um, 
I think that's um, you know a, an absolute must now. With obviously, if you take a lot of the analog delay pedals of the past, uh, that wasn't a thing. But um, now, having having tap having tempo, tap, having tap tempo. So yeah, yeah, yeah. being able to add that little bit of digital control. Um, but this one specifically voiced around the first digital delay rack units uh, in the sort of mid-70s. So that's where you had much lower resolution and bandwidth compared to today's modern digital delay pedal, which is, you know, giving you a perfect copy or replica um, of the signal that went in. So, you know. So basically what you're saying is it sounds bad, but it's supposed to sound bad. Exactly. There we go. Nice. I love it. Um, but yeah, very, very, very cool. And a lot of, yeah, delay pedals all, all at once. Um, it's funny how those things sort of happen. You sort of say, why has everyone released the same thing at the same time? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the... Uh, Chase Bliss of kind of I wonder I wonder how much of it comes from Chase Bliss kind of like breaking into the into the mainstream to a degree with um you know showing that you can make these extremely um like intricately controlled pedals but you can make them usable and yeah. you can and- make them at a price because this stuff probably the technology has been around to do it for a long time but has the market been primed to, for people to stomach paying $500 for a pedal like that? And the answer is probably no, not until recently. No. And uh, I wonder if that's that's what it is, is that now that uh, people are kind of used to spending that sort of money on these pedals, uh, more people are willing to invest in um, going down that this route. And, and obviously, delay is always going to be the place where it's kind of the most palatable to go down and do it because, I mean, you, you're not going to, I can't imagine many people are going to go down the route of a uh, 500-pound um, digital analog crossover drive pedal, are they? You know? No, it's um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I often think that these kind of products don't necessarily like like take a portion of the market. They tend to like expand it. Um, yeah, you know, kind of like you're saying there. Really, it's like Chase Bliss have come out and kind of made. I guess in some ways made the price more palatable, but also just kind of said, look, you know, you don't have to do, <laughs> dare I say, what, you know, kind of what Boss does in the sense of like, here's a really great, you know, industry standard stump box. You can break out of that mold. And, you know, I think yeah. that's, that is definitely really, really cool. On, and just to finish off, actually, on the delay thing, just thought I'd check some Summer Nam news in case there was anything else we missed. And Red Panda Effects, who uh, make the Rasta delay, um, have also released their V2 version, which is a pitch-shifting analog delay. So um, there we go. It's just all it's just all out there now. Yeah. It's all out there now, mate. Um so yeah, very, 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 very cool. Lots of delay pedals. Yeah, kind of some of them felt a bit weird because it sort of happened and some people we know sort of went and some people sort of talked about it, but didn't seem like there was a it, lot of I there. mean it's uh, the 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 I think a lot of there's just been so much so many restrictions that it, it will have meant that Lots of companies from Europe wouldn't have been able to go. Companies from Asia wouldn't have been able to go. So it just would have had a smaller um, dealer, um, not dealer, manufacturer base being mm. there. And presumably that just means that it's it's less desirable for people to travel to, whether or not there, there are restrictions involved. If there's fewer people on uh, able to exhibit, then it's it is gonna it's gonna draw less people. So it's a shame, man. Like. It, 
I had a great time when I went to Summerham. I thought it was I thought it was super interesting. I thought uh Nashville was amazing, completely mad. Oh. Uh just Chris. like the absolute caricature of of uh what what you think it's going to be. Um it was just it was just I think, completely um, completely awesome. There's a really good uh there's a really good short article written by John Bollinger who wrote writes for Premier Guitar and he's lived in Nashville mm-hmm. for years. I've followed his videos for years and when I met him I was kind of one of those people I was a bit starstruck. I was like, I've read your reviews and like watched you play online for years. And he's actually as nice in person as he is on uh video. And he's been in Nash- Nashville unlike us. Unlike us who are absolute yeah. um actually I was gonna swear then. I was like, nope. Yeah, no, yeah, no, nice, no, nice. no edits for Joe. Um <laughs> And, um, yeah, he's been like a Nashville guy for years and playing up and down the strip. And I think that's the crazy thing about Nashville. It's like, yes, it is full of, like, hen parties and crazy drunken people. But at the same time, you can go to all these bars and just listen to, like, crazy good musicians. (laughs) Yeah, completely. And you can can go to a bar and be like, oh, right, cool. That's uh, an original 65 Deluxe there, I see. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Oh, is that? Oh, look, that that person's playing that person's playing a strap from uh, from 1959. Oh, cool. Okay, that's weird. You know, it's it's mad. Yeah, and and I think the thing is, I really missed it this this year, mainly because, you know, great barbecue food, uh, cool uh, way to see some music and a nice trip to Carter Vintage, um, yeah. where obviously, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, I really would like to look at like a 59 Les Paul or like... Well, but oh, I tell you, going to going to Carter Vintage um, really, it's such a culture shock in terms of what's available. Oh. And it's so funny because... Yeah. The there's just there's so many more like Fender amps, old Fender amps um, available that just weren't shipped over to the UK or or anywhere in Europe at the time. And similarly, you look at the price of some of the Marshall gear, some of the some of the like seventies and eighties Marshall gear. It's like some of the most expensive stuff in the shop. And again, it's the same deal. So much of that gear just didn't make it over to the US mm. um, at the time, and so that's why you try and buy like a, you know, a, a original sixty-five deluxe over here, and you just you just can't, you just, you just can't no. do it. And, it's, and I think um, um, you know how many how many shops can you go to and say, oh, they had a vintage Gibson on display and a vintage Gibson acoustic for that matter, and then you're like, oh yeah, well we've got nineteen. You know, like nineteen, yeah. Yeah, early yeah, yeah. Fifth, like half of them, like pre-war. You're just like, it's just you know, it's definitely a great place to just kind of see it all. Like you say, just stuff that you there's just not enough of it in the UK. I mean, yes, you've got people like ATB guitars and and things like that, but yeah, they've just got some. They've got some crazy, crazy good stuff. So yeah, definitely missing Nashville um, a little bit. I think this this summer. We'll have to have fingers crossed for winter now, I guess. Um, yeah, and you know, as we've been saying the whole time, just hopefully we start to see some guitar shows open back up again, and we're able to go and—I mean, even just going to a guitar shop—that'd be cool. I've been to GAC a couple of times, um, but that's it. I've not had a chance to go go yeah. anywhere else. So, fingers and after crossed, after all this time, after all these years, even working in one is still fun to go in a guitar shop. Um, Jay, we are we are up. At time, we are. Um, ha- are you going to try and do the outro? <laughs> oh my God. Joe, I'm sorry. 
I don't listen. I've got no I, I idea. I do not I, listen I, to I, you at this point. I don't listen to what he says. I think he says something along the lines of Facebook dot com slash guitar nerds. Right. Let's let's do this group. Yeah. Let let. What is it? is it? Group. Yes. I think we are forum. Forum. It's guitar nerds forums. Yeah. Not okay. Group. Don't go to group. Uh, yeah. So you can find us on Facebook. Facebook dot com forward slash guitar nerds. Forum. For, no, forward slash groups, slash forward slash guitar nerds, guitar nerds forum. forum. Yeah. Um, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at guitar nerds. Um, he sometimes posts on Twitter at guitar nerds. Yeah. Uh, you can become a member of or you can become, the Patreon. Yes, Patreon. Where you get the podcast ad free and early for just one pound uh, per month. Or if you spend, f- no, dollars. Or if you spend five dollars then uh, you can um, join the Discord. I was talking in the Discord a little bit earlier. Um, in fact... That was fun. I, I would highly suggest... I don't know why Joe hasn't mentioned this. Awful. Uh, if you go to guitarnerds.net, you'll see a lot of new funky things like new logo designs and images, a link oh, to yeah. the podcast, a link to the Instagram, and even the Guitar Nerds signature tones via Tonepedia. So lots of cool things to go and check out on there. And uh, yeah, don't forget to join the Patreon. It helps keep Joe in... Uh, Lo- in uh, in craft in craft beer that also comes with plectrum. Yes, exactly. Um, we butchered that, but uh, hopefully, if you're still listening at this point, you've enjoyed me and Jay ramble on for. Uh, and if you want to hear more of me and Matt rambling on, we're going to go and try and figure out something to talk about in the Patreon. Indeed. So go and do that. I guess um, we've been the Guitar Nerds. You've been all right. Take it easy. Listen up, I know you wanna do Checking on the guitar nerds when you're feeling blue You're a telecaster and a stratocaster fan You also like weather and adaptive music man You take one look at a friendly custom shop You know that that's another three is grand you're gonna drop Jordan, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordwick, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Revit.